are you, sir? We'd just like to ask you about why you don't want to fly commercial. Why have you said that you won't fly commercial? You said that it's like getting into a tube with a bunch of demons. Why do you think well, that? No, no, listen to me just a second. If I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing. That's really the main. Isn't it true that you want to fly commercial so that you can fly in luxury? How much money did you pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business, but... Isn't it the business of your donors? Listen. Chances are you might recognize this clip and the terrifying man being interviewed in it, Kenneth Copeland. You kind of caught me off guard here, okay. He's not your average televangelist, but at least in 2021, he was the wealthiest one out there. In this particular interview, for example, reporter Lisa Guerrero was asking him about his private jet. At that time, he said he absolutely needed to fly in his private jet because flying commercially alongside demons would agitate his spirit. Poor sweet little Kenneth. His pure, kind, loving spirit simply can't take all that impurity. And that's why he scowled, bare his teeth, and pointed his finger in this reporter's face. She just doesn't understand. This interview is chock full of interesting and terrible moments. Like when Guerrero asks why Copeland bought Tyler Perry's Gulfstream 5 jet in the first place, and he answers. Tyler's one of the greatest guys. He made it, he made that airplane so cheap for me, I couldn't help but buy it. And I guess, honestly, who can't pass up a good deal on a private jet, right? Because we can all do that, right? Well, Kenneth clearly could not resist. And hey, maybe if he were a billionaire like Musk or Bezos, people wouldn't bat an eye. Guys like that buying a private jet is like you and I going grocery shopping. But there's something especially gross and off-putting about a pastor showing off this level of wealth, whether it's from his offerings, his books, DVDs, investments, or the natural gas on his property. What happened to giving to the poor? Why not help out members of his massive congregation that might be struggling? Do you think the Jewish people believe you should be broke? Are you saying that Jewish people appreciate money more than... They believe in wealth. Some people would find that offensive. No, wait a minute now. Cool. So because Jewish people appreciate wealth in the Bible, it's totally valid for Kenneth Copeland to fly around on private jets and live in a $7 million mansion, apparently. Better yet, that same mansion qualifies for tax breaks because it's technically a clergy residence. So he actually evades $150,000 of property taxes every year. That could probably pay 10 teachers salary with how underpaid they are. And I'm exaggerating, but you see my point. Trinity Foundation, a nonprofit devoted to bringing more transparency to religious organizations, has said that Copeland makes a mockery of the law itself with his wealth, and I wholeheartedly agree. But this is far from the only thing Kenneth here makes a mockery of. He's so controversial and disliked, even within the Christian community, that some might say he makes a mockery of preaching and Christianity too. And today on Multi-Level Mondays, we're going to try to find out why. Abraham's very, very wealthy. It's full of wealth and it's full of miracles. Goodness, meanness, just full of hell on earth. But I love the wealth, not the people. As it's multi-level Mondays, it seems pretty fitting that we start with the scam of it all. While I've spoken about the prosperity gospel before, Kenneth Copeland takes his message to new heights, or maybe new lows. 
He, along with Kenneth Hagen and Frederick Casey Price, are said to be the three founders of the so-called prosperity gospel movement. While Joel Osteen and slightly more modern mainstream televangelists have definitely cemented the prosperity gospel in this style of preaching, Kenneth Copeland was one of the very first to really make it happen. And it's a sneaky way that he justifies it too by saying, when you go back to the Bible, it's full of wealth and it's full of miracles and signs and wonders and it's full of goodness and it's full of meanness. It's full of hell on earth. These are the demons, not the people. I love the people. Maybe I'm just too far removed from Christianity at this point, but this one just doesn't make sense to me. But he, the Kenneth Copeland ministry staff and his leadership team are all striving to be aggressive in their giving and harvesting. He's not taking advantage of anyone. He's just simply enjoying goodness. And sure, there's nothing wrong with enjoying your money. Who doesn't splurge just a tiny bit on payday if you can afford to, right? The thing is, there's nothing wrong with enjoying the money you've earned. Kenneth might say that he absolutely deserves every penny he has. It's not his fault that his followers love his books and films. He's just so damn talented. But I'd argue that Kenneth has used exploitation because many of his followers aren't only giving out the goodness of their hearts, but because they're expecting something back. Kenneth, along with his wife, Gloria, have told their audiences that they've obtained their luxury by following the word of God. Gloria told a crowd in Fort Worth, quote, God knows where the money is and he knows how to get the money to you. A few dollars in loyalty to a pastor seems like a small price to pay for a private jet after all. And while you'd think that an economic downturn might steer people away, it's historically done the opposite. Despite the Great Recession, audiences flocked to Kenneth Copeland as much or more than ever, desperate that God would multiply their offerings as Kenneth promised. Why not put $1,000 into the offering plate if it means you'll get six figures back? You can't trust the banks, the stock market, or the economy in general. So I guess it makes sense that many are looking for answers. They would eventually turn to a higher power. That's God's plan. How does he plan to do that? Well, it starts off tithing. You start off with God, not yourself. Amen. I don't care if you ain't got but two nickels. Give him the first one. You know what I do after I know what I know now? Give him both of them. Oh, yeah. I ain't keeping nothing. I mean, what, what, what one nigga gonna do me now? People truly do love Kenneth, telling the New York Times that if God gave the Copelands wealth, then surely he would bless their families too. That's the sad part, honestly. These families are deserving of stability, more so than Kenneth, in my opinion. But the Copelands weren't just granted a massive bank account. It didn't just fall into their laps and God most certainly did not put it there. They became wealthy from donations, book sales, investments, oil, taking advantage of tax breaks and whatever else they've got going on. Kenneth would have never made it this far without his gullible and loyal followers, but his audience simply doesn't see it that way. For example, Mrs. Bailier told the New York Times that when she first saw Kenneth on TV, she began sending him 50 cents a week. It wasn't much, but she believed it rescued her as her family was struggling after purchasing a truck at 22% interest. Many others who had the misfortune of buying from that dealership went under, but she didn't, all thanks to the money she sent Kenneth Copeland. Then at a convention, the Holy Spirit supposedly told her, quote, you were born to support this man and the rest is history. She upgraded from 50 cents a week to giving him thousands and thousands ever since. Look, I'm not about to tell someone how to spend their money. If she really wanted to donate that money to Kenneth's causes, good for her but it's disingenuous at best for Copeland Ministries to say that you're helping God and ensuring a return on your investment by giving them money. That's literally not how that works. That's not how it works. 
That's not how any of this works. But the point is, helping Kenneth is not helping God. Funding his fancy suits, mansion, new book, that's not helping God. Kenneth Copeland is not God, but he sure seems to think he is. By the name of Jesus. And in with the with the help of the Spirit of the Living God, the record, glory to God. You're not bound to this chair. The day will come you'll walk out of it. In the name of Jesus, help him up. Power God's all over him. He's not hurt. He's not hurt. Praise the God. Praise the Lord. In addition to the prosperity gospel, Kenneth also preaches the power of his miracles. Because hey, if he can cast out demons, surely he can cast out sickness and stuff too, right? He sure thinks to seem so given the way that he speaks to his congregation and lays hands on people, but I'm pretty sure knocking someone over in a wheelchair is not the way to do it. Now, I'm not a faith leader, so maybe I'm not sure how it works, but I'm pretty confident saying that that technique just isn't it. And for the record, yes, that did happen. Other KCM or Kenneth Copeland ministry sites have said the exact same thing and spread the same message. Miracles happen every day and God wants you to receive them. In order to make sure miracles happen to you as written on the KCM website, you just need to believe hard enough. And if that doesn't work, it's probably your fault somehow because God heals and blesses everyone. You need to choose God and choose life and have faith. But if you do have questions, don't worry because KCM has an entire portion devoted to their website all about this. So let's take a look at it. Firstly, if you're in need of a new body part, be it an organ or a limb, just believe that Jesus can heal you. Maybe the doctors have said there's nothing that can be done, but ignore them. Quote, Jesus bore every sickness and disease on the cross, so you wouldn't have to. All you have to do is build your faith to boiling over until you receive your creative miracle. Oh, and if you're in pain, too bad. You need to remain thankful in your pain. Be thankful for the good you do have and be grateful. I know Kenneth just said you'd be healed, so this might be a little confusing, but you know, be joyful anyway. Kenneth Copeland has been in excruciating pain before, so you've got no reason to complain. The same goes for infertility, by the way. You just need more faith. If you pray God's word out loud and recite some verses about motherhood, you'll have a child. And if that doesn't work, then maybe there's just something wrong with you. And just as the itty bittiest smallest tangent here, that sounds like a really miserable life to lead. Like just that, oh, yeah, like you're miserable, you're in pain. Well, that just sucks. You just should pray better. Maybe you're just like a shitty piece of shit and you just deserve this pain. Like, I, I don't I don't know how you could live life like that. Like, that sounds very depressing, but okay. Listen, partners, we don't have a flu season. We've got a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. And don't receive it when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. We've already had and lastly, shot. of course, resist the flu, have faith you won't get sick and you'll be fine because of course there's more to this kind of uh, language. Why get a flu shot when you've got Jesus on your side, right? Kenneth's wife, Gloria, posted a video to the KCM Facebook page where she says, quote, we've got a duck season, a deer season, but we don't have a flu season. Don't receive it when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. We've already had our shot. Jesus himself gave us the flu shot. Did he really, Gloria? Like, honestly, did Jesus come down from heaven and give you the flu shot? I mean, you should probably let more people know about that if he actually did and, you know, maybe provide some video or something considering how many anti-vex messages are given by televangelists out there. But even if this is just an exaggeration or a metaphorical type scenario, it's still pretty ridiculous. 
Those that have defended Gloria's line of thinking say that she does believe in medical care. Medical staff are employed at their Texas headquarters. Gloria was merely saying a prayer for those who already have the flu. And sure, that's included in this KCM video of hers, but it's not what she says. Here's the actual quote. We've already had our shot. Jesus gave us the flu shot. That statement does not equate to advocating for modern medicine. And if anything, it kind of makes a mockery of it. I'd even go as far to say that the whole KCM makes a mockery of sickness and actual healing too. It's also putting their followers in a horrible position of blaming themselves if they aren't healed. Maybe they'll think that if they didn't believe or didn't give hard enough when it just is not the case. Jesus himself gave us the flu shot. He redeemed us from the curse of flu and we receive it and we It's not just it, healing though. The Copelands also claim that they can control the weather and what do I say to that? I, I really wish I was making this up or exaggerating it in some way, but Gloria has said in no uncertain terms that Kenneth has authority over the weather. She even told a bizarre story of her husband rebuking a tornado on one of their lovely jet trips together. And look, I try really hard to give people the benefit of the doubt. Truly I do, and sometimes even to a fault. But this one I'm calling bullshit on. I, I do not believe it. That is my personal opinion. I don't care how other people feel about Gloria. Everyone is entitled to their own thoughts on the matter. But aside from claiming to have literal superpowers, it sure doesn't seem like the Copelands actually use their powers for good. See, interestingly enough, a very short time after Gloria told her little tornado story to the world, Hurricane Harvey hit Texas, and it's not super far from their home either. And we are coming on the air for breaking news, Hurricane Harvey barreling into the Texas coastline as a And hey, even if this powerful catastrophe was just too much for two super-powered faith healers to tackle alone, it seems kind of selfish to do nothing to it. Plus, I thought Kenneth had the power of God on his side. Isn't God bigger than a hurricane? The author behind Pulpit and Pen pointed out the obvious, that this leaves us with three options. Either A, the Copelands are liars who make a joke out of having miracle powers. B, they do have powers, but decided not to save anyone because they didn't want to go against God's will. Or lastly, C, they simply did not care. Funny, they sure didn't think it was going against God's will when they supposedly rebuked a tornado close to their fancy private jet. So I guess God doesn't want to destroy their plane, but has no qualms over ending lives and breaking apart families. Is that the narrative? And again, if that's the God you wanna believe in, that you supposedly have this amazing faith healing power to you know, literally divert storms, but you didn't wanna upset God's will and just let people die, is that even a good God? Is that someone worth following and believing in? I don't know, just food for thought. But whatever the case is, the Copelands don't come out of this looking very great. But don't worry, they have apparently used their powers for good before. It's just conveniently harder to prove like when Kenneth banished COVID-19 because of course that's something he said. COVID-19! COVID-19! I blow the wind of God on you. You are destroyed forever. I mean, I guess we can prove that his banishment didn't work considering that COVID literally still exists now years later, but we can't really prove that Kenneth did or didn't make the weather get hotter in spring when, you know, the weather starts to get warmer. I guess you got me there. You made summer happen. And I've got to say, if I knew COVID could be banished by blowing a raspberry at a camera and shouting at it, I probably would have also tried that a long time ago. But in all seriousness, at best, I'd consider this a joke. Like it absolutely must be satire because surely nothing this ridiculous could be taken seriously. 
At worst, of course, it's manipulative and it shows the astounding level of control and faith Kenneth has from his followers. And I feel bad for anyone who does believe this because it shows that desperation someone must have in order to go along with a guy who claims to control the weather. But even when Kenneth has promised genuine, tangible help, he's reneged it and shown that he cares really not much about anybody but himself. Now I could sit here all day and talk about the prosperity gospel, how televangelists want to take away the rights of everyone that disagrees with them and how they skirt around taxes and other responsibilities that you know us normies have. And believe me, Kenneth Copeland is right up there with Greg Locke and the other televangelists that do this. However, one of the worst things he's done that's unique to Kenneth in particular is the Angel Flight 44 scandal. That's a bit of a special mess up, even for an infamous televangelist. So to sum it up a bit, Kenneth Copeland, Glenn Hyde, and Reverend Rich Vermillion, who started the Kenneth Copeland blog, said that they were going to create a new disaster relief ministry to provide ongoing aviation aid to places affected by Hurricanes Katrina and Rita. And with much of New Orleans now underwater, authorities are focused on search and rescue before it's too late. If ever the cavalry was needed, it is now and it is in New Orleans. An Army National Guard helicopter today rescued people from rooftops, fragile islands in the floodwater. Finally, Copeland seemed to be using his money for good. The money poured in and it sure looked like it was going to help others. At least one plane was used during the Hurricane Katrina disaster of 2006. But generally speaking, much of the money just went to other Christian outreaches, like Christian Haitian Outreach, Operation Blessing, or Buddy Ship American Samaritan. Kenneth himself wasn't putting his money where his mouth was. Those that worked alongside him, such as Vermilion, were arguably pissed. They told the Christian Post, quote, a generic relief fund is a far cry from a fully operational disaster relief aviation ministry. My experience with Kenneth Copeland, his family, and his ministry has given me the regrettable opinion that they may be nothing more than religious frauds. That is why we are calling on them to simply repent. And this speaks volumes to me. It shows that for one, it's not just non-religious people or non-members of Kenneth's church who were upset by that. It's pretty hard for the Copelands to argue that they're simply being persecuted or misunderstood when you've got the author of his blog over here saying, yeah, I'm concerned he's a fraud and he should repent. Plus, I've looked at other Christian news sites and found Vermilion's story all over the place. Not only did he write Kenneth's blog, but he also co-authored what is effectively nothing more than a vanity piece. Angel Flight 44, the true story of two dedicated pilots, a 60-year-old airplane, and the amazing hurricane mission that birthed a new aviation ministry. That's an incredible mouthful of a title. But yeah, this book was KCM's humble brag about how incredible this ministry was. Vermilion has also pointed out inconsistencies in Kenneth's story. Apparently, the televangelist said he was creating this aviation ministry in order to get donations, funding, and what other support he needed from his followers. In actuality, he already formed the ministry and simply didn't prep it or offer the help he was actually able to provide. Quote, one has to wonder where Copeland and his Angel Flight 44 ministry were during those early days of the disaster when their services were so badly needed. If Copeland had prepared beforehand as he had pledged, there would have been supplies flowing into Haiti within 24 hours after that earthquake. Instead, the people had to suffer and wait until other groups arrived. And that seems almost criminal in my opinion. And again, this is coming directly from someone who worked with Copeland, who wrote the book on this whole tale. So what does this actually leave us with? Does this mean that Copeland purely crafted this aviation ministry to keep up with his plane bills and then he just tossed the rest in another charity and call it a day? Well, I'm not sure, but it doesn't look good. That much is clear. And what about those other resources? 
if Kenneth wasn't really using donor money for good, did he at least put the money in the right hands? The short answer is no, I don't think he did. The long answer is hell no. We'll start with Operation Blessing, whose founder is none other than Pat Robertson. Copeland gave money to the organization of an anti-Semitic bigoted loon who thinks gay people cause 9-11. Oh, and it's especially ironic to me that he gave it to Operation Blessing when the founder has literally stated that the 2010 earthquake was because Haitian people had a pact with the devil. But I guess Kenneth Copeland thought this organization was best suited to help others instead of simply following through with their own relief ministry. So we're off to a great start. Thankfully, Christian Haitian outreach and American Samaritan seem far more earnest and legitimate. So I won't say that every single dollar was wasted. Still, it sure does look like Kenneth was effectively just a middleman with this money, hoping to make himself look good without doing a damn thing. But what effect has Copeland had on the people around him? Is it truly as bad as we think? Or maybe is it even worse than we know? We're gonna try to take a look at that and maybe answer it or at least shed a little bit of light right after today's sponsors. If you're enjoying these episodes, but maybe you'd like them a little ad-free, maybe you know you don't want this kind of break in the middle, then you should consider checking out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. There's a ton of amazing perks available from an amazing Discord server, all the way up to custom letters from Casper, including me stamping his little paw print on with doggy safe paw ink. So if you wanna check it out, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash Illuminati. We live in an increasingly automated world, but some things still require tedious manual work. Luckily for e-commerce business owners, shipping is no longer a manual task thanks to ShipStation. ShipStation makes it easy to automate shipping tasks for orders from every marketplace in one simple dashboard. This includes effortless integration everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. You can manage every order from one incredibly simple dashboard. You can print shipping labels, compare rates and delivery times to optimize every shipment and automate delivery notifications. One of my favorite parts about ShipStation is how you put in the address and where the package or the letter or the whatever needs to go. And then it shows you a list of all the different carriers and the different times and prices, and you can sort it too. So it's very easy. So if you just wanna do the cheapest or you wanna do the fastest or whatever, ShipStation will sort it for you and help you pick quicker to let you move on with your day faster. So spend more time growing your business when you automate shipping tasks with ShipStation. Use promo code MLM today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com. Use promo code MLM. That there are certain things that are absolute. And without God's standard, you don't have any idea what they are. Mm. And yesterday you said there are some things that are absolutely right and don't ever change. And there's some things that are absolutely wrong and don't ever change. And I thought when you said that, yeah, and we need to know what they are and settle it forever, don't we? We do. Our founding fathers even understood this. Like so many televangelists we've seen, Copeland has also played jump rope with that blurry line between church and state. In his case, he taped an appearance of Mike Huckabee with the theme Integrity of Character. Copeland said that Huckabee wasn't there in any kind of political role, but he also donated about $30,000 to Huckabee's campaign, so I'm not really sure if I'm gonna believe that. We live in a culture where people wanna make up their own definitions of what family, what life, what faith, what God, what spirit. They wanna make up their own definitions. 
Now, I hear people say, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. This, along with plenty of other questionable decisions on KCM's part, led to an investigation by the Senate Finance Committee for tax law fraud. Ultimately, no wrongdoing was found, but there were those disappointed with the decision, saying that the Evangelical Council on Financial Accountability, or ECFA, has no teeth to hold people like Copeland more accountable anyway. Plus, for those of us with two brain cells to rub together, it's pretty obvious that Copeland has inserted himself into politics. I mean, have any of you seen the way that he laughed when Biden was elected? Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. The Associated Press said that Joe Biden is president. Ha! <laughs> Uncanny and eerie don't seem to be the right words for it. Oh, and the best part, of course, because there is one, a few months before this mocking laughter, this very strange laughter, uh, before the 2020 election took place, Kenneth was saying this. We have to put a stop to fighting one another over politics. No, I, I didn't say we should do it. We have So, to it. okay, so we can't fight each other over politics unless Copeland's preferred candidate loses. Then we can laugh our asses off at how Biden isn't really president, right? Got it? Is that, is that right? That doesn't seem hypocritical at all all, honestly. But in all seriousness, I know this seems so ridiculous that maybe you're tempted to laugh harder than Kenneth Copeland when Trump lost the election, but it's not funny when you consider how many real consequences came from people like Copeland insisting that Trump still belonged in the White House. The insurrection is a pretty good example, I'd argue. It's one thing for Trump to insist he didn't lose, but when a pastor, a supposed man of God and leader of his congregation says it, then there may be those who put more stock into it. The fact that anyone listens to Copeland given what he spews is pretty horrifying. It's clear that he knows the power he has over others and he is exploiting it for his own gain. Trinity Foundation, the organization that monitors religious fraud, has said that Copeland, as well as another televangelist, Paula White Kane, have flown to Trump rallies before. Yet Copeland insists his jets are, quote, reasonably necessary for worship. Of course, it's not just mansions that are reasonable requests now, but jets too. Why, it's amazing that other pastors survive without them. How do they do it? Trinity Foundation President Pete Evans says this about the matter, quote, no matter what your political bent, Kenneth Copeland and Paula White Kane are thumbing their noses at this law and the IRS. Mansions and jets, totally necessary tax write-offs. Political discourse, it's only acceptable if you're on Trump's side and bashing the left. Tornadoes, he can banish those if no one's watching. All of these are pretty standard complaints about Copeland. However, the ones that interest me the most are actually the ones coming from people that are supposed to be part of his community, such as the Christian Research Institute. The CRI has taken a deep look at who Kenneth is and what he stands for, and they apparently don't like what they see. They've stated that even the scripture itself doesn't actually agree with Copeland, and no translations of the Bible support Copeland's understanding of faith. Some of the things he's preached, according to CRI, are even unbiblical and a, quote, inflated view of the universe in general and man in particular. Copeland twists biblical passages to suit his narrative. He takes things too literally at times, and in others, just seems to completely miss the point of the Bible itself. Like when he views divine covenants as nothing more than business transactions. Quote, Copeland's view deflates the biblical concept of God in numerous other ways. He parallels God's actions with those of Satan. In effect, he makes man to be the dominant party over God, even claiming that Abraham could have told God to bug off when God offered him a proposition. Now, I don't study the Bible, but it would be disingenuous of me to say that this isn't important to millions and millions of people across the globe. 
The people that are supposed to be experts on this, the Christian Research Institute, have called Kenneth out for his misinterpretations and misrepresentation of what the Bible means with numerous glaring examples. And I would argue that that's clear enough for me to say that there's simply no good and no point to this preacher. He apparently can't even do his job correctly and he can't be a pretty decent person either. So go be like the tornado and whoop, whoop, whoop yourself. But with all of that being said, that is where we're ending today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. As always, I thank you so much for joining me here for today's episode. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. If you say, well, I don't have any symptoms of the flu. Well, great, that's the way it's supposed to be. Just keep saying that I'll never have the flu. I'll never have the flu. Put words, inoculate yourself with the Word of God. He himself bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases, and by his stripes, I was healed. I am healed. And Jesus is Lord, hallelujah.